Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, Emma Bear. Hello. How are you this evening with your hot water bottle? With my hot water bottle. It's kind of lost its temperature now, but um, good. Actually, do you know why I have it, really? Well, I'm, I'm getting into the habit of always having a hot water bottle, but the oil ran out in the house. Oh, no. I ordered some today. But you know the way the little heaters only do so much? Yeah. And uh, I just said, fuck it, I treat myself to a hot water bottle. Patreon, baby. We need to get some oil in the gaff. Yeah, please. It, it was 290 something. Uh, there's nothing worse than the oil being gone and yeah. you're freezing your tits off. Oh, yeah. I could see my breath when I got into the house. Oh, so depressing. And it was depressing. gone like, it was like, had oil, had heating and then poof, gone. It's always fucking something real poverty stricken with me, isn't it? Just so brakes are gone on the bike. Oh, for, I can't. So like I can't have now. another conversation with, I know. with you I'm about not even get into it. a vehicle. I know. It's insane. I didn't even know you had a bike. I have a bike, yeah. Well, oh no, look, let's not talk about it. Is where do you use the bike? Do you use it up to the gym? No, I used it today going to work. Because okay, I'll have get you this turned quickly. your back on the electric scooter? No, I still love the scooter, although it's so cold at the moment. I don't know if I'd be able for it. But so the back tire went flat. Mm-hmm. So Shane had already researched that you get a a solid tire, but what you have to do is you have to heat it first, so you can mold it onto the wheel. So he was doing that for me, and I was like, "Great, thanks. Best of luck, Chuck." And I heard a lot of. Effing and Jeffing and stuff, but whatever, leave him at it. I'm only going to get Was Jeff in the way. there? <laughs> no. Jeff could have done it actually because he'd be so pissed he probably wouldn't feel it. But what happened was. Justice for Jeff. Jeff, Jeff if you're listening, Jeff I've always been a true. fan. Jeff, you know that's true. He'd have a couple of cans before doing any manual work. But didn't Shane slice both the palms of his hands? Oh, God. So on Valentine's Day. Like stigmata. Yes. On Valentine's Day, he had a blister on his hand that was bright red and it was in the shape of a heart. That's so romantic. But like it just wouldn't go on. And obviously he's a painter, decorator, trained electrician, blah, blah, blah. He's fairly handy. He just couldn't get it on. So he's like, you're going to have to bring that to the old bike shop. So obviously yesterday was a bit of a rush because I went to Galway after work. So I just didn't have time and I'll do it at some stage this week. Bring the wheel to fucking. But then I was like, I don't even care because it's so cold. I think I'd die on the scooter. Yeah, I think so So I have the bike, but the brakes are gone on the bike. So it's like a fucking death trap. (sighs) Emma, I just think you should stop leaving your house. I just think that's the problem. I just love the danger, danger. High voltage. Yeah, I love it. going on we haven't quite worked out what it is Emma but something know. is going on it's a banshee it's something it's something that's easily explained it's banshee or evil spirits or something like that just that's all it yeah is. just something minor anyway you tell me something interesting about you how's Dingle cutting us we're not living in Dingle anymore I'm afraid it's too much of a commute Are to talk for the done? open mics yeah we're going down tomorrow um 
Well, we're in between homes at the moment. Right. We're trying to find somewhere to live. Yeah. Very hard. I don't know if you heard, but there's actually this housing crisis happening at the mm. moment. Um, it's been ongoing so, for the last hundred years. Do you know, there's a lot of, Look. you find yourself coming back to flats on, on daft.ie saying things like, I mean, you know, it's not that bad. Like I can, you know, I can, you know, I, I can deal with the bed in my in my kitchen. It would be handy to have the toilet that close to my bed. <sighs> I know. And Fred's living in this world where he's like, all I want is a two bedroom apartment city centre with two parking spaces for 1500 a month. Like, that's what I want. Um, so, no, we will find somewhere to live. But, yeah, no, we're going down to Dingle actually after uh, this podcast recording. Right. We're going to go down to Dingle. Uh, going to be down there for a few days. But, no, I'm afraid the dream is over. It's just too far. Anyone I say and I'm like, oh, yeah, Julie, you know, do the podcast with her. Yeah, no, she's living in Dingle. I really care about up to 90. And they're like... I really, really, really care. Oh, she she, she was gigging in Dingle. I think, no, she lives in Dingle. And you know what? It's not even Dingle. It's actually Brandon, which is like, it makes Dingle look like a metropolis. It's further again. So Who no, would have thought that it would have been ridiculous though? No, so no, we're going to have no, to... I saw that one coming. But I still cling to the dream that one day maybe... I can live there and have an, in, an international comedy career. of your work is in Dublin. Yeah, no, I'm afraid we're back to Dublin. We have to find somewhere. Like I'm looking in the hinterlands, Wicklow, Kildare, Mead. Like people say things to you like, have you ever tried Cabra? I'm like, yes, I <laughs> literally put in Dublin plus 20 kilometres. It's yes. not like I'm like, no, anywhere but Cabra. Thank you, for, thank you for your involvement. But so what are you just going to chill with your mum for No, mum is ready for me to spread my 36-year-old wings. Because you see, the thing is, they have their own little routine. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, mum goes to the shop, she's buying two yogurts. She's buying one for herself, she's buying one for dad. Well, that like not throw anyone off. It's not, but you know what I mean? Like, they're used to, mm. you know, they buy the ready meals, they feed two. Like, they, it's just, it's I'm messing things up now. I'm just here in the mm. house throwing things off three's a crowd and all the rest they have been lovely they have been amazing um, but no we just need to find somewhere to live but you see people don't even get back to you is the problem yeah Um. so I don't know I need to I need to I need to start need, doing the upsell in the email you or Fred need to become a TD because mm. when you become a TD you automatically become a landlord well, yeah, there's so, a lot of them, isn't I don't know, there? I don't know the ins Has there been any updates on the government? Have we got one no, yet? No. Yeah. Surely, how, like, are coalitions this hard? Well, I think this one is... Yeah, it's just... It's usually a, not like this. Yeah, It's usually no. just two parties. Uh, so that's about it, really. And nothing else is going on in my life. So just, yeah. you know you know yourself. So what are you going, you're going back to Dingle consuming. tonight to kind of... Going regroup. back to Dingle, trying to get our lives in order. Well, yeah, we're we're just going back Have basically your and because got a back garden. They do. Oh, they got a front garden. They also have a front garden. Do not get an old Winnebago or mobile. Do you know for what? A There's while. a lot of them floating around, aren't there? Yet, yeah. no, no. I call me old-fashioned, but I would like, like a, to live in a building. Want something kind of? Do you know what? You can't. You can't be too fussy, but I am veering towards a building. Yeah, I know. So I'm kind of I'm kind of cock blocking myself at the moment yeah. when it comes to the Dublin accommodation. But that's about it. Um obviously oh, very sad week. Very sad. Very upset about it. Well, on Thursday I was well informed from insiders that was going to be a story. Are you going to have a puke there? What's no, I'm good. Okay. That there was going to be a story about Philip Schofield and... A runner. A runner. Mm-hmm. I heard and that too. And that that was going to come out on Friday. And then it didn't come out on Friday. And then I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened, actually. Maybe it's going to come out the weekend. And then on Saturday, I was kind of rushing around like mad. And I was gigging... Where the fuck was I? Oh, I was gigging in a Bray comedy festival and I was going to, down to do support for Tony Cantwell. And Laura was in the kitchen. You know this because we sent you a voicemail. 
and you'd sent me the message. And I don't know whether I could see it before I opened it or something, because I don't like checking my phone if I'm with somebody. But I was waiting for Shane to come home so I could go to the gig. It's not because we have children. It's not like I have to present to him before I leave the house or anything like that. And I saw your message and I let out a shout. I was like, oh, my God. I was like really, really shocked. And it was Caroline Flack. Mm. So I was just very, very shocking because when I sent you that audio but I think I said it in it I hadn't processed it all and I was kind of um, not like I'm sure people would get this like not in like a disrespectful or a mocking way but I was kind of like um, I was a bit like kind of hyper or giggly or something because Mm. I was just like what the fuck's going on I was like this is insane but I hadn't really it wasn't really well it was a shock I thought, honestly, I thought it was, um, and not from you, but from like somewhere else, like in the split second when I saw it, I thought that it was some a sort hoax. of hoax. Yeah. I thought it was a hoax. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the sad thing is she was so badly treated by the media. It wouldn't have even surprised me if something like that did come out as a hoax because everything else was thrown at the poor woman. Yeah. I know. So how do you feel about it all now? Oh, do you know what? I'm still really sad about it. Like when I saw it, the news, it flashed up on Sky News. Um, because obviously when you're living at home with the parents, like at least one television is just a news channel. Yeah. On repeat at all times. Um, so it flashed up on the news. And you know, when somebody says my jaw hit the floor. Yeah. But my jaw was literally agape. And then I went online and I saw that she had indeed passed away. And I was just completely dumbfounded. Mm. You know, you talk about celebrities or famous people, you know, dying and people feeling like this intense sorrow. But I really have never felt such a sorrow for the passing of somebody that I never met. Oh, really? I just feel really, really sad. The first thing I thought of was my mind instantly went to the up to 90 we did that oh, week, yeah. the week of the assault charges. Oh, yes, because you said that to me. But I then... instantly felt bad because in that episode, I had said that ultimately, you know, if you have an art, you know, I said something on the lines of, you know, you can't really be hosting a couple's show, a, co- a show about finding love if you've had an argument with your boyfriend and he's ended up bleeding from the head. So I said something to that effect. But I also now did qualify the fact, you know, that I've always been a Caroline fan. And I think because she's always been portrayed as having this like disastrous love life, even though you could question how disastrous that is really, you know, it's probably more the media just spinning it in that way. But I've always, you know, I would have said that on the podcast that I was always a big fan of hers for that very reason that I could, I could, there was something very you know, you could really relate to Caroline Flack yeah. on that level. But that's what my mind immediately went to. Um, and then the next thing I thought of actually was, and I just thought, how must he be feeling now? David Walliams making that joke at the National TV Awards. Do you remember he made that really... What did you say? He made a joke. There was some creature, I don't know, some cinematic creature appearing on a screen. He said, oh, Caroline Flack's here this evening. And people instantly booed him. It was just, it wasn't even a funny joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was no, just it was like just, a creature. There wasn't any context to it. Yeah, no, it was just a bad joke. Okay. So it wasn't well received. And yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, I in, I kind of instantly thought of like, say, you know, the time we discussed and I was like, God, you know, I was saying at the time that, you know, I felt she should have been suspended and it just wasn't tenable, her hosting a yeah. romantic show if, you know... The injury had occurred as it was being portrayed. But then, you know, and then I thought about other people making jokes at her expense. And I was like, God, how must they be feeling? I know. But I do think there's a difference between honesty and say, honesty and slagging and venomous hate. Mm. So say like even... Just take like the tiny little example of like an everyday person, right? Who the odd time puts something up online. If somebody put, say, I put a video up on YouTube, right? And somebody said, "Oh, it's not our best. It's not our best one. I preferred her other one or whatever." I'd be like, "Hmm, okay, 
fair enough fair comment but if somebody made a comment like oh my god I wish she would just fuck off and die mm. the world would be a better place without her look at the state of her fucking head she needs to be stopped or whatever I would just say Jesus Christ listen that was one time I wrote that comment I'd had a few drinks it was only, it was only half twelve Judy it wasn't like wee hours of the morning but you know what I mean like I think there's a difference because look at the end of the day and don't get me wrong I think she was treated poorly I really do and I think all that fathers for justice stuff oh, can, which we can go I back mean, to but, sorry, like, but like can we just blow them up I mean honestly they're just appalling the fathers for justice and but we are we are all part of the game do you know what I mean? And this is not to take away from the tragedy and I mean it's just terrible and she seemed just like a really lovely, warm, funny, beautiful person. Like, you know, just like even her laugh. It was like such a great laugh. Like if I had a mate with a laugh like that, you know what I mean? I'd want to keep trying to make them laugh all the time. Just like funniest laugh. But even like I remember times when she was asked about Harry Styles and I was like okay so just like you know and this is like years later just set the record straight like were you an item were you not and she just makes a coy smile and shrugs her shoulders mm-hmm. now not because she kind of played the game a little bit does that mean that she deserved the treatment that she got absolutely not but what I'm saying is we're all part of the game it's just different people make the choice to play the game differently. Mm. So some people are well able to kind of keep it in the limitations and restrictions that it should be. And then other people are off their head. And and I and I actually one thing I did see that I think is really um, something like productive and worthwhile and is a good comment to make is that people setting up Twitter's ac- Twitter accounts should have to give some form of ID. Well, and yeah, in terms of being responsible for their oh, words. I think definitely. Yeah. Like, cause but th- I can't, to be honest, I can't see an argument for not doing that because ultimately if you are against owning your words in terms of putting an identification to these things, that in, a, in and of itself tells you that you know what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. Or you know what you're saying isn't fair comment. Yeah. Because actually, do you know, I was, I don't know if I even said this to you. I was targeted by a troll group on Twitter. Recently? Recently, yeah. Okay. So the last, not this series of Love Island, because I actually haven't watched any of it, but the last series of Love Island, I did a few videos where it was like green screen. Did you see Mm -hmm. that? And I'm like, have a swimming cap on and armbands and... Um, I'm doing this like oh I got a text message and it's like one I think is for the bins and then another one is for like it's a pizza deal mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. ha 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 we all laugh these are like just little 20 second videos so I think I put them up on my Twitter but I don't really use Twitter but like sometimes if I have a video I'll be like oh whack it up on Twitter as well well what's the harm so I'm sitting there on a Saturday afternoon and I have all these um, Twitter notifications I'm like what's What's all this? And then, boom, 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 boom. Like one after another, one after another. Oh my God, what a wreck. She needs to stop doing this. This is so sad. Like this was a really like innocent video. Anyone who watched it or anyone who commented on it, whatever, they were like, ha it's funny. I'm like really like light, fluffy, you know. And there must have been about five or six of them but then when I looked into them, all of them were like um, anonymous. All mm. their t- Twitter activity was like basically just like spewing hate at each other. And they all knew each other. So basically what they do is they find somebody. They say, oh, here's here's the handle. Let's go at this person or whatever. So I all I did was I just blocked the people and kind of like went on with my day or whatever. But like, I have to say, even for me, I was like, and you know the way I don't really give a shit about that stuff? Because it was like, like it was like a slurry truck. 
and I was just like fucking at home with the kids on a Saturday. I was like, oh, that's fucking horrible. Well, it's disturbing. Yeah, I was like, jeez, oh, that's horrible. And it's very so hard. Can you only like imagine if you're actually like a famous person, and then you're actually a famous person who's been involved in something that is negative, like slash not favorable. Mm. And then imagine the type of troll groups. And I'm not saying, obviously, it's not all troll groups. You know what I mean? It's not like they're all working in these kind of like mini armies or whatever. But you can only imagine the onslaught that you would get. Mm. Well, I mean, it would be relentless, I'd imagine. Yeah. And I would I mean I have had experiences of trolls as well and I still to this day now find them upsetting like I yeah. you know you it's more so sporadic mean comments that you do get from people but like I have to say every time I see a message request on Instagram from somebody that isn't a friend or I see that somebody's made a comment on something on Facebook yeah I my immediate feeling is one of fear because mm. I automatically assume it's going to be something horrible yeah. and I think that kind of tells you about social media in that once I see a message request from so and so or somebody has commented um, like especially if it's a male because like a lot of the trolling I would have gotten like were from guys yeah that I instantly think this is going to be horrible and I mm. brace myself. And there is something really, really sad about that, that, you know, then when I open it and it's a nice message, I just feel relief. Yeah. I just think, oh, thank God, you know, it's not, Yeah, you know, it's not mean. And it, it just, it just kind of says a lot about where, you know, the online culture is gone and how it is so relentless. And ultimately, it is very hard to mind yourself when mm. you're kind of in this cocoon of negativity. But even like, say things like, obviously I go on and make the odd little gag about stuff. But even like, I would be very, little things like, and that we, like plenty of us do all the time. Like, so, so a lot of I saw a lot of people going like, eh, "We all need to check ourselves and be kind." And da 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 da. But then, like, you see that person three hours later, and they're giving out about the service at a fucking restaurant. Mm. Well, at I lunchtime. think you and know I'm people. Like, well, hang on a second. Well, I think that people, you know, there was a lot of talk of be kind, and you know that is a very positive message to kind of take on board and, you know, to extend. But I think, you know, people sometimes think, oh, well, I'm not a troll. Like, I don't go up there and tell people they should kill themselves. But as you say, like, you know, they might give out about the service in a restaurant. Or I wonder if somebody looked at their WhatsApps, how would they feel? That I think sometimes people make, you know, people kind of, I suppose, um, you kind of um, shape the, boundary to suit your moral compass so you say well yeah. I, I mean I'm not going to tell somebody to kill myself, kill themselves so I'm not a bad person but then you might take a screenshot of something and we've all done it and sent it into a WhatsApp group yeah. and made a joke which is something that I have really tried not to do for a long time um, because I think we've all been guilty of saying stuff privately on WhatsApps that you're like, you oh my God. I haven't been on WhatsApp, Judy, because of it. I just like, have nothing left to say. I have yeah. nothing left to say. But I do think it is, yeah. you know, it is the case that if somebody saw something, how would I feel about them seeing that? And if the answer is shit, well, then I shouldn't be saying but it. See, it's, it's very tough, right? Because so, like... I'm sure if you scroll through my Twitter from five years ago, maybe I did say something about it, but it usually wouldn't be my thing because I'd be like, okay, if I was the person that worked in that restaurant and then I get a bollocking at lunchtime or worse, you know what I mean? Lose my job or something. So I just feel like I don't like sending that kind of shit out out there. And then it's just like, oh, well, that's me fucking going out my day. But then I think we have to be realistic about it at the same time. Human nature... Not, it's not about the tone, but we are going to look, analyse, comment, talk about each other and about what each other is doing. And that is just part of human nature. And to be honest, if I was speaking to somebody and every if I asked them about every place, every person, every fucking thing, and they were like, 
they were never prepared to say anything negative about well, something. Well, it's not a real conversation. No. But, but I, I just guess don't think every time you have a negative comment, you do need to voice it. Voice it online. But also, I think there's a difference between like that kind of goes back to what you were saying in terms of fair comment. Like, you know, if you ask me my opinion on like yeah. a restaurant or a person or a place or whatever it might be, and I give you my honest opinion and it's coming from a place of integrity or if somebody's really pissed me off. So, for example, if yeah. I say to you in a WhatsApp conversation, because, you know, even of late, this would have happened to me a little bit. But like, you know, I would say I'm so annoyed because I just feel like this person was totally mansplaining to me and I'm just so pissed off that like this person thinks that they can talk down to me and I didn't stand up for myself or whatever yeah. it might be. I think there's a difference between something like that and me taking a screenshot and saying, what a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That like if, if that person puts something up online and it's kind of coming from a good place or it's well-intentioned. Yeah. But, you know, so I think if you're you're basing your honest response on an interaction or something that has helped you form an opinion of that person and you just need to vent, because you do need to vent. Of that's different from saying... Oh, look what he's up to, fuck's sake. But sure, even like, if you think in terms of um, stand-up comedy. Yeah. Say there's someone that we both know well, who a few years ago would have been a regular on the circuit, would have always done stand-up comedy, would have been very like, you know, good, uh, bankable, whatever, solid comedian. And they did a gig and their stand-up persona, like all of us, we all have a character, you know. And it just depends on the person how close that character is to their actual real self. But this person plays a complete character on stage. And after the gig, I don't know if it was after the gig or even during the gig, but somebody went on Twitter to give out about them, that they were this, that and the other. And then... I think it caught a little bit of attention or whatever, but they'd completely missed the point that this was like a character. Mm -hmm. Do you you know what I mean? But that does happen a lot with comedy as against other art forms. Yeah, but then we've all had that experience. After that, that person kind of began doing stand up less and less. Mm. And I was like, God, that's so annoying that somebody. I'm. You know, but to people, add to add like salt to the wound, they completely missed what was going on. But you do, you do have that experience and sometimes because even not that it's the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. But even for example, like I did something there last week, and I was just kind of having the crack with the audience. Mm. Um, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't pretending to be single, but I also wasn't pretending to have a boyfriend. It just so happened that the stories I had, you know, yeah. I was just talking about like people having kids and like, you know, going on holidays with your mates and things like that. But like, you know, I just thought, obviously, you're kind of projecting this character. But I just got like somebody messaging me after the fact and it was just so flirty it really, it kind of offended me from the get-go. But then you want to mm. be nice, so you entertain and say, oh, thanks very much. Sure might, you know, see you again. Best. But like, you know, I looked at the final message from that person and there was almost that thing of, my God, like they really missed what was going on there. Yeah. They really missed the fact that I, like maybe I was giving the impression of being single and that like I was just having the crack with one lad in the audience. There was just a yeah. moment but other than that, you know, I, I really felt there was no green light there. To, like, I mean, I got maybe three or four messages from this person, but they were very forward. And I yeah. just thought it's like this theater. person has missed the show. point. Like, I am actually quite, you know, not reserved, but like I'm quite an introvert when I'm not on stage. Yeah. And I was just kind of nearly, I, I was thrown by it because it shows that people really don't, delineate between the person on stage and who you are off stage. And the thing that I think that a lot of people don't realise is that 95% of a comedian, say, that you see are amateurs. It's a hobby. Like, if you look around the room and count the numbers, nobody's making... 
nobody's making serious money from this. Like, mm-hmm. The person who organises the venue or the gig is obviously getting paid the most. Then there's the person who hosts the gig. Then you have to rent the venue. Then like, there's all the other things that go in and then there's however many people on the bill and then count the amount of people in the room that have paid in and how much have they paid in. Mm. So people kind of seem to think that... You're kind of all oh, these people are like full time comedians who are making. Well, a good I suppose, and because you are more accessible, yeah. But also, like you're accessible in that you know somebody sees at a gig, looks you up, and suddenly they can have a conversation with you. Like it is yeah. mad when you think about but it. I suppose you can. You do when you start to think of those kind of like you know, compared to obviously the the scale of Caroline Flack. When you do think of those minor incidents that are in the context within your own life Mm -hmm. you can really you know if you take those then and multiply them by a gazillion you kind of go oh Jesus and you can kind of understand what was what was said about her or you know what I mean like you know the way people used to say things like um, when I was younger and you know the way You'd hear celebrities and people say stuff like, oh, well, yeah, don't believe everything you read in the papers. And everybody's like, no, no, I know. And the celebrities will be on Pat Kenny. I remember, do you remember Rod Stewart's ex? He was the Australian. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Australian lady. I thought you were going to say Jerry Hall for some reason. She was always. Jerry Hall was on Pat Kenny. Yeah, yeah. She she used to kind of do the chat shows every couple of weeks, Uh, didn't she? But I just remember, you know, her being on and she brought, it was just all completely flaky. Like (laughs) she brought two puppies on to Pat Kenny with her. And she was saying things like, I never buy the papers. And I just remember thinking, because at the time, you know, some war was happening. Like no Mm. doubt some poor Middle Eastern country was under siege and I just had like a moment as a savvy as you know really you know I read the encyclopedias as far as D like I knew my shit and I was like what like what part of your brain thinks on the front page there's going to be a story about you and just as a little aside on page seven there's going to be just something about the massacre recent massacre happening in wherever it is uh, like, I just thought I was like, imagine like that level of ego. But I mean, I guess then yeah, you see how you would buy out of the media if you were in that position because they are just going to write shit about you. They are, yeah. It's not ego. It's just a fact. It's gas, isn't it? But I, do you think that she was? I know Amanda Holden did come out and really, you know, didn't hold back um, when it came to effectively saying that ITV... Gave preferential treatment to other people who've suffered recently, i.e. and and had not treated Caroline the same, that they threw her under the bus. Would you agree with that? Was there a difference in treatment there? Well, I don't know because like... See, I suppose I I personally think the instance weren't necessarily comparable. I think maybe that could have been a problematic as well. Yeah, and I'd need to know what would be what would have been going on behind the scenes. But the, you see, the reality with that as well, if you're being honest about it, is Caroline Flack is going to and will and did sell more papers than Aunt Ordeck mm. because people are more interested in Caroline Flack. So, so this is the whole thing like that we drive the whole thing. If we all keep clicking in to so stories about So I think she is going to be whoever, under whoever. more scrutiny because ultimately yeah. exactly that, that I'm not clicking into an article on Ange McParty. Well, you don't care which fucking black jeans they're wearing today. But yeah. you'd like to see what new look outfit Caroline has on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she's just, she's I suppose, more clickable. I, I suppose I would think probably... If I was playing, I'm not saying advocate. there's no blame on them. I'm just saying I don't know. But what but, I do uh, yeah. know is that she would be an easier sell. Yeah, I know. But I, I think that probably from ITV's point of view, maybe you know the two instances weren't. When I say they weren't comparable, they obviously were in some level. Mm. But I suppose you know maybe the instant involving you know poor Caroline was, and I should say you know her poor boyfriend as well. Like it just sounded like a horrific mm. instant. 
you know, it probably was a lot more disturbing than getting a phone call as an ITV producer being told, oh, yeah, and as... Now, I'm not even saying it should be more disturbing, but, you know, yeah. that's a more disturbing call to get, you know, saying, okay, Caroline Flack has been charged yeah. with assault. Then being told Aunt McPartland um, had a few too many after crashing his mini at a roundabout. Yeah. Like, they're both horrible instances to have to deal with from a PR perspective. But I think the former is kind of a different piece. It's slightly more problematic is what I'm saying. But I mean, I think like I did feel like when Amanda said that, I was like, maybe there was an element. I know, you know, kind of Amanda would have said previously in relation to the Caroline Flack that she felt maybe it was a bit gendered, that as a woman, they hadn't extended the same protections and support as they did to the likes of Ant. Yeah. I I think invariably things are always a bit gendered that I think it's always harder for women. It's always a lot harder for a woman to fuck up and make a comeback because people are less forgiving. I mean, it doesn't matter what the industry is. As a woman, you just get less chances. Yeah, because even like I was um, saying this joke the other night, I was just trying it out, but I was saying like uh, about drinking. I was saying a few years ago, the story would have been Oh, did you see Emma out last night? She was hammered. She was great crack. Such a great night. And now suddenly happens. And it only happens to women. Now the story would be, did you see Emma out last night? She was hammered. It's very sad, isn't it? Mm, yeah. But that doesn't happen to men. Yeah. All of a sudden at some point, well, we a woman is allowed to be that, like that, a party yeah. animal and all the rest of it. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's a, sad it's a bit now, sad now, isn't yeah. it? You Intervention know, time. In comparison to, like, say, Ronnie Woods, who's still partying it up in his mid-70s, <laughs> nobody's saying he's on the tube. Did you see he got the tube to the Brits and people are losing their minds? Imagine that I'm was like, a woman. Imagine. But this is what I'm saying. Or Shane McGowan. Like, yes. imagine if Shane McGowan was Sean McGowan. Wouldn't happen. Now, by the way, I know, you know, for a long time people have acknowledged that Shane has a serious alcohol problem. But I just think people will be less inclined to do a late, late ah, special. Yeah. No, but you know what? Do you know what they say about a him? A woman in that situation. Do you know what they say about him? They say, oh, the poor devil. The poor devil. And then they'll yeah. say, oh, but he still has the voice and he, oh, he seems very sweet or whatever. If that was a woman, they'd be like, Jesus Christ. Why are they letting her out? Uh, Why are they letting her on television? Horrendous. Yeah. But I, so I think that she, be, she I think that horrendous. Caroline Pack was treated worse. But I'm not even surprised by that because I just think ultimately, I, I almost feel like the older I'm getting, the more I'm seeing it. Is that it, in every instance, it's just harder for women, and the standard is just impossibly high. Yeah. And don't and I totally believe like we should. We should all try our best to be kind to everyone and all the rest and should like even it consumes less energy. Does, however, depend on what type of fame you court. Yeah. Do you know? But are you saying that you thought that she kind of courted this kind of monstrous machine to an extent? No, I don't think I'm not saying that she courted it or but I think the deeper you get into it and the more that you share, mm. the more you have to lose. Mm. You know, if you, like, n- not but always the think, case. Though, but I don't know what she has struck me as someone who overshared, though. No, no, I'm not even saying her as an, but I'm just saying that it, it depends on the type of fame that you court. Yeah. So, like, if you're. No, I know what, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to be, if you're the kind of famous who you're an author, like you're kind of a a John Grisham or whatever, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Or the type you of... No, he's gross now, John Grisham. Oh, yeah, you know, but you know what I mean? about his mate, he's like, shouldn't have been done for child born. It's happened to all of us. We're on a computer. <laughs> Couple Christ. of clicks before you know it, you're convicted of child born. Like, John Grisham has been cancelled. But I know what you mean. I've, like, it's never happened to any of us, John. Like, it's... <laughs> just want to say that um, but you know you know what I of mean it depends I do. like say Katie Price could now say I want privacy no it's just it, Katie no but then at the same time I don't 
think that she has deserved or she is to blame for some of the horrendous treatment no, that she's gotten. Of course not. But what I'm but saying then, is yeah. that like as in if she said now I want privacy, people wouldn't take her seriously mm-hmm. because people would say, well, you've made this bar deal with mm-hmm. the devil now. You know, you live by the sword, die by the sword, yeah. like all these kind and of all the stuff analogies. with Harvey is like horrendous. Yeah, what she's had to put up with through the years and what she's tried to do to like bring new laws in and all of that. And but no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think people are to blame or whatever. But I just mean, it depends on the type of fame. And then, you know, people were saying about CPS, a lot of people were laying the blame at they, their door, saying that this was essentially a show trial and, you know, that yeah, they so shouldn't have pursued it. Because I don't, I don't so, really under, understand so basically, this enough. So last week, I don't know, was it on the Friday or the Thursday, mm. CPS did say that they were going to proceed with the trial. Um obviously the trial being the trial um, for assaulting her partner, her boyfriend. Mm. But, uh, you know, what I would have read, now, by the way, it goes without saying, I am never clicking into the likes of Daily Mail, etc. again, because I instantly felt kind of slightly culpable in mm. kind of clicking into this clickbait. So I did read this on, it was like a repeat, I, d- I don't know, what it could have been the Guardian or the Telegraph, or it was some reputable um, I think it could have been The Guardian, some reputable newspaper writing, but they were saying that apparently, which I completely get, and I had actually said this to you, mm. I know you shouldn't speculate as to, God, like what could have driven this poor girl like to those depths of despair, but I did say to you if I was in her position, and they did say that the prospect of the body cam footage oh, being yeah, released to the media, like, I cannot imagine, imagine the world seeing you at your worst moment, Emma. Mm. Like, covered in blood, like, deep self-inflicted <sighs> wounds. Like, this girl obviously had been struggling. She had mental yeah. health problems. And to see you at, regardless of what was on his phone or what was going on in his rela- in their relationship, yeah. this poor girl obviously would have been shown to the world at the very depths of mental illness in that moment. Yeah. Imagine months after the fact, the media getting wind of that and also getting their hands on the footage. Mm. I'm not. I, I. I'm not saying like. Uh, uh, personally, I can actually see how that would be your worst nightmare. Yeah. For someone in her position, that yeah. the door had been left open on Love Island, she was clearly hopeful that this trial was going to go away. Not alone is the trial going ahead, but they have footage of you in a state of undress, bleeding in that moment, yeah. like obviously hysterical. I just, it's so upsetting to mm. think that that could possibly happen you. I, I think, I think it would probably be my worst nightmare. Yeah. If I was in her position and even I was having a conversation with my mom today and she was saying, God, you know, she probably felt maybe, you know, Where's the work going to be? You know, I'm not going to work after this, after people see this. And, mm. you know, mom was kind of saying it in terms of, but I mean, it work is work. You know, it's not yeah. the end of the world. But then for someone like her who, like, was such a hard worker, mm. had risen to the risen through the ranks, gotten to where she was. She struck me as someone that her career was really important to her. She yeah. worked really hard in it. To have that taken away would actually be massively difficult. Mm. I just, I really, I really feel for it because then would you, would you have thought with CPS, would you have laid blame at their door or would you think they were just doing their job and pursuing the case? I mean, I don't like, I don't know because I don't, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have, I don't have cases that I can compare to and whatever. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable to say because at the end of the day, I'd want authorities to take a case involving domestic violence seriously, whether mm. it was a man against a woman or a woman against a man. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to just kind of like, yeah, that's fucking their fault or whatever. I suppose more what I, apart from like, say, the details and all the rest and all the variables or whatever, I suppose it's just reminded me one how like vulnerable human life is 
But two, obviously, I know there was a lot of stories about her and it was, you know, everyone kind of saw the stories about her personal life. But it's the people in your own life who you know have had serious struggles, who have been absolute masters at hiding it. Mm. You know, and I think that's the really scary thing. Um, Because obviously the people closest to her knew that she was struggling, but I'm sure no one... Even the people closest to her, no one expected this. And we've all had people in our lives who we thought they were a bit low, but like, you know, I'd like they're getting they're getting by and they're getting on and whatever. But like, you know, yourself, like people who suffer with mental health issues become masters at disguising it and hiding it and pretending it's okay and putting things off and having perfect incredible excuses for why they can't go to things or meet people at certain places or whatever and you know this thing it kind of annoys me like people saying oh reach out to the person and you know talk to the person da, 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 da. but like it's so much more complex than that and anyone who in my experience in like my limited experience anyone that has those kind of issues a lot of the time it's not really easy to spot they're absolute masters at hiding it and that thing of not wanting to be a burden they don't want to be a burden so they're very skilled at not letting people find out that this is actually what's fucking happening mm. so I mean I know there's no well, I solution to that is, but you, you know yeah. what I'm saying like yeah, I think well I think generally you know like say you know, somebody who has been in that, you know, depth of despair. Usually people I know who have been in that position and have struggled with these things and, you know, have either like tried to commit suicide or, you know, been there in yeah. terms of being very close to it. Like they're generally really lovely, sensitive, thoughtful people. And part of it is maybe that they think I don't want to talk about it because then I'll be bringing them down and you know even Caroline Flack said that for so, for International Mental Health Day last year yeah. and I know a lot of people came back to but she said you know I reached out to someone and they said I was draining and mm. you know I've had that experience of people say to me oh you know so and so I just find them a bit draining Yeah. so as you say like people you know the problem is now is that you ask somebody how they are and you know then I don't know is everyone equipped when somebody comes back with a real response. It's not, so it's not just it's either. easy to tell people to reach out. But also I think half the battle is finding the words. Yeah. And you know, not everyone is equipped to like, you know, deal They're with not, and that doesn't make them a bad person. Got, no. But, uh, but the not everyone is, is the shoulder, the ear that it you need. It doesn't. It doesn't make them a bad person. But I do think the problem is, and even I would have experienced this, is that if you reach out to the wrong person, it yeah. can actually be really damaging. So you can really internalize that as, I shouldn't have said anything, mm. and now I'm this awful person, and they're going to think like, I'm, you know, this basket case, and so you know. Like I probably, I would say, I speak to people a lot less than about my problems than I used to. Mm. Um. But I mean, I know that's not that's not a good coping mechanism either. But I do think, you know, as you say, it's kind of annoying when people say to reach out because ultimately, how many of those people, if you did message them and say, you know what, I'm glad you said that because I have some stuff that I want to talk about that I've been struggling with. I would just question how they would respond to that, really. Mm. You know, sometimes it can be ticking a box to say yeah you know talk to someone but it's like but who do you, who do you talk to do I talk to you yeah because like even like there's this ad on the telly at the moment this little cartoon with a catchy jingle and it's about um, kids and um, being online it's pretty catchy so it's like sometimes someone can send you something weird I'm paraphrasing now, and it makes you feel gross. And I think it does say, oh, it could happen to it's, anyone. It's a good ad. It is a good yeah, ad. I think but it's it kind of, good. But you know why it's good, though? I think because it is simplistic, but it does actually tell kids what to do. Whereas I think like this whole thing, talk to somebody, it's too simplistic. It, and also, it is too simplistic. I and think it's people too actually need like... 
you know, three step. And I don't know what they are because I'm not a fucking health care professional, but like actual. What are the actual proper steps that you need to do? You know, do you go to your GP? Do you phone whoever? Like, what Mm. is the best way? What is the best first step? Because I think that first step is crucial. Well, I can tell you the first step is not to go onto Twitter and have a meltdown. I learned the hard way. Did it make you feel better? That is not Did it make you feel better though? No, because it was, uh, do you know what it was? It was just that I was massively overwhelmed. And I know, by the way, my behavioural patterns at this point... Mm. And I know for me, that was probably a form of self-harm that I was like, so, you know, I'd gotten a few mean comments from like, you know, I suppose you could call them trolls, but just random people, you know, a few, what, just, you know, a few random people on social media. I'd had a lot of mansplaining, which was getting on top of me. A lot of people, you know, people would, I find... Maybe it's my personality type, but people are very forthright in, you know, you could say their feedback, but I would think as well, maybe their criticism. You know, I have had comments from people about me getting stuff, which they, you know, by the way, they say this in jest, but it's not really in jest. Things that they don't feel I deserved, which is unfair. Yeah. You'll have to tell me about this because I didn't know this. I'm just, as she tucks her hot water bottle into her knickers. Do you know what? It's, it makes me sad because then, and this is really childish, but yeah. then part of me just wants people to like me. Yeah. So if if people have made jokes or past comments or, you know, people will compare, like people compare us a lot. Do they? Yeah, they will compare a bit. And I feel yeah. like it's a horrible feeling to feel like that people Do don't f- like me. But then I have to remind comedy? myself. Within comedy, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure, who else gives a shit? Really, know, but, like, but I'm just saying that that can wear you down. But also I need to remind myself, well, look, it doesn't matter if these people don't like you. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. But I know in that moment, I genuinely was like, Do you know what? They're right. Like, I have gotten stuff I haven't deserved. I, you know, I'm not funny. I'm not this, that. And I knew in that moment it was just me kind of self-harming, really. Okay. And that's First why I turned of all, like, the this phone thing off. Deserve. It's not the civil service, like. I know. Well, what it's stupid it like? language. It is stupid language to use. But I'm just saying that. But like, you know, inverted commas here, obviously. But like in showbiz. Yeah. It's not deserve. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I do also, not that, by the way, it's about this, but, you know, since then I have, like, acknowledged the fact that I actually do work really hard. So I feel, you know, I know not to use the word deserve, but I do feel less, you know, bad about getting stuff when I acknowledge I'm like, yeah, but Judy, you do work hard and, you know, you put the mileage in. But I think, I do think in terms of talking to people, the right person it's just the best thing in the world to talk to someone when they're the right person. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes that is a trained professional. Yeah. It's not a friend. It's not someone who's, you know, it's not someone who's maybe invested in yeah. you. That sometimes it is talking to someone that is in a position to really help you. They're equipped with that to help you. Yeah. Because I know when I had that meltdown, I'm not comparing, you know, this with this awful situation. I know, but you're just talking about... I felt bad then. I felt so guilty, all the people messaging me. I felt awful. It made me... It compounded my sense of guilt that people were taking the time to message me, like, lovely messages. Yeah. And I really felt I didn't deserve it. And even now, I feel so bad that people took the time to message me. So I kind of feel next time... I think I would, I think I would probably reach out to a professional person and just take the time to have a vent. Oftentimes it can be good then when someone's divorced from it to really actually say, well, have you thought of looking at it this way? Yeah. And they can kind of provide you a framework Mm -hmm. because sometimes your friends and family are so in it that they're kind of not misguided, but their yeah. their their own judgment is clouded, or mm-hmm. you know their vision is coloured. So I think that's what I would do because in my limited experience, I would think that it does help you with clarity, and sometimes in that moment, you just need clarity. Yeah. So you know it's but it's really 
every day I've actually cried about a different aspect of it. Yesterday, really? yeah, every yesterday day. was the Ian Sterling tribute made me very upset, and then the Laura Whitmore when she was talking about her on Sunday. I just, I'm really, really upset about it. Do you feel it's just the timing? Maybe because I really, maybe I think because I was at a very low place. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it genuinely wasn't attention seeking, which would be my worst fear. It was, I was in such a bad place that day. And I just feel, I feel the media just destroyed her. Yeah. You know, and I think people were so quick to chew her up and spit her out. And one thing I will say as well, before we wrap it up, that did annoy me. The amount of people who said, you know, Caroline was great. I messaged her when she was going through recent troubles to privately to support her. And I just thought how telling it was that people didn't support her publicly. Yeah. But now after her death, they say, oh, just so you know, I'm a good guy. Like I messaged them privately. The only person who supported her publicly was Don Porter. Yeah. That was it. And I can understand why people didn't want to support her publicly. Yeah. I can. But I also think... But you saying that when you're going to through say the shit the like that, that's actually the support that you want is the public I for think everyone for to someone, see. I think for someone like Caroline, yeah. I think the public support would have been important. Mm. Because her career and probably by extension maybe she would have thought like her life in that like it was probably so tied up with her career was yeah. I would imagine that those things were contingent on public support yeah so I mean I get that people pro- you know it's better it's obviously best better to message someone privately with support than not to message them at all but there was something about that that kind of annoyed me that sometimes people are very quick to say well am I great yeah I yeah, messaged yeah. her privately but Don Porter was the only one who said something publicly and by the way got totally slammed for it at the time mm. Um, even though I thought what she said was very carefully worded and I thought it was actually probably right on the money yeah. but obviously the likes of Fathers for Justice etc came after her as well they're just gross really aren't they Fathers for Justice oh, I think we just need to go and have a cup of tea now really well, you are. Look, in, on got the kettle levels, boils I was going to say, you've got the hot water in the in the bottle, sure. Well, look, but how are you... It's, 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 it how are you a, feeling now, though? Ah, no, I am feeling better now. Yeah. I'm feeling much better. Um, But I'm just, I'm very, very upset about that. But you are, I mean, I think most people are, you know, yeah, but I'm really, you know, Fred came in I know on we'd Sunday be here night chatting and I was like, bawling, crying you know, about it. I just slagging, really sad. you know slagging celebrities and da 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 but like I would never want to be uh, cruel to somebody and, and you'd never want to cause them pain yeah no like nobody yeah well I it got Honestly, me thinking like, about even jokes like, I've I'm made at this stage now like that even people in my life who like you know real people who I deal with that I, like, I, I really don't like I'll I always try to um, be kind mm. because it, it's even a self-preservation thing. I just I do think like if you're constantly putting negative out towards somebody, just even having I like this probably a bit hippy dippy now, but even just having negativity within you, I think it like it clings on, and I think it's a lot less well, energy it, it to be positive with somebody. Like, I know I'm so cynical and all the rest of my slag, but I'm actually, like, I'm very much a positive vibes only, please, kind of girl. Yeah. It would take a lot to, like, Well, like, what, what, you know, ultimately... I'll get riled up about a plastic bag, but to actually get riled up about a person... And also, I think it's, you know, it's, it's it's a bit of a cliche, but I do think you know energy attracts energy yeah and I think I do find that that like there have been instances where you know someone might make a comment to me and I think might think oh I could take them up on that but instead I just brush it off and I'm like look I'm just gonna try to fight this with positivity and actually you do catch more flies with honey like in that I do find people come round to you and 
ultimately it's better for you as against like the amount of times you have an opportunity to engage in confrontation if you wanted to but ultimately you're just hurting yourself and like the majority of people are sound like even the people who make dickhead comments like usually bizarrely it's probably coming from either a place of insecurity or a place where they're trying to be like fucking helpful or whatever it might be but very rarely is someone saying I'm going to say that because I want to upset that person like there's usually another motive there God most of the time when people do it yeah it's about them and a lot of the time it's even subconscious you know what I mean so look, but it was everyone kind is somebody's of baby after all, you know. So on that, on that matriarch try. note, did I say I get riled up by a plastic bag? You did. I was like, what? Has I a would plastic bag You know the way I'd be like. But look, that is enough about Blind Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a different up to ninety this week. We felt for the week that's in it that we didn't want to do a usual up to ninety. Um, because we're all a bit sad about Caroline Flack. We will probably be back to business next oh, week. Yeah. Um, but I would say just to mind yourselves and we love you, listener, and we know you're a good person <laughs> and you're very special to us and thank you so much for listening and you're just brilliant. So thank you. Listen, Emma? That's my hot water bottle. That's her hot. That is the sound of love right there, isn't it? That's kind of saucy, isn't it? Really? Maybe this could be an episode where, like, a special episode that people pay for. It could be like that. Like, kind of fetish stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You could look, if you close your eyes, it's not a hot water bottle. I think we need to discuss. I think we need to discuss how far we're going to go for this Patreon. Because I'm willing Keep to smiling. go pretty far. Keep shining, know that you And can I do, do you know that noise kind of reminds me of? I remember um, Edward Scissorhands kind of gave me the feeling when I was so younger. And do you remember he had a washer bed? I swear to God, one of these days you're going to say, the old le- leather jacket that was dumped in the field around the back of my used house to give used me to the give me the feelings. <laughs> and do you know what it would have? <laughs> a leather jacket equals bad boy. Absolutely. Plus the fact it was an empty leather jacket. It's just going to be a relationship of constant yearning for the owner, which is like my dream relationship. Edward Scissorhands, Mark Wahlberg, Ovi. They're my three loves of my life. Did you get my tag that he was flirting with us? Nobody got back to me. I tagged Emma Doran and Laura Mahoney. Neither got back to me because they've got kids and lives. But (laughs) I'm the one on Ovi Watch. So uh, that noise does remind me of the waterbed in Edward Scissorhands. And it's an ultimate, ultimate dream of mine. To get my non-scissor hands on a waterbed. Are they? Were they ever available here? I heard. I heard rumors about someone's mom and dad having a waterbed when there was a free gaff and we were about fourteen. We all thought there was going to be mad crack on the waterbed. I think we thought it was like a pool with cling film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know what? It must have been so bad for your back, a waterbed. Can you imagine? Must be to actually sleep on it. Yeah, I don't know. Or is it good? Is it like a baby being in the womb at all? I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't be something I'd be interested in now, to be honest. Unless you could heat the water, that could be fucking amazing. Oh, you and your rainoids. It's yeah. nice to leave it on that note. I know. Well, I've look, been thanks for listening. Uh, tell a friend. And um, because the more people that listen, the more. Oh, I thought you meant tell a friend as in if something's wrong. No, I've I was had like, enough. is that not going against everything? No, we've just reached my threshold of wholesome Emma for one day. Yeah. No, you're, Actually, you're... somebody got in touch with me about our Sinn Féin episode. Oh, yeah. Gas, right? And it was a girl who was in college. I think she was in England somewhere and she was doing some radio project and she wanted to interview me about Sinn Féin. Funny. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I got the phone call when I was on my lunch and work. And I was like, I want to like help her out because like I remember mm-hmm. being in college and having to bring people or like even now having to bring people for stuff to do with the career so she was asking about my opinions on <laughs> the girl in work that was with me she's like 
because we were with each other and I was like, Sarah, I just have to take this because at first it wouldn't work. And I was like, I just have to get this done so it won't be like, you know, fucking 10 o'clock at night or whatever. And she said, oh, that was really interesting listening to you there. She's like, you're really informed. And I was like, oh, my God, I was just pure waffling. She's like, no, no, like you really sound like you know what you're talking about. I was like, yeah, sound like that's the problem. That's my biggest problem. No facts. I don't think that's a problem. I think that's an absolute life skill. Well, it is until you're caught out like three weeks later. Well, look, I mean, I, sh- I don't think you should be going on Claire Byrne anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, talking shite. But I think I you mean, can I was do about virtually two, everything else. I was about like fucking two sentences Do you know what? Away. I really would like you to go on Claire Byrne. Would you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You'd be amazing. I was two sentences away from talking about fucking Julian. Robots. No, from Julian. Do you remember Julian? Assange, that's just no, what I think. No, he used to away. do like the the intro. Oh, sure, of course, Julian. And now I knew TV. I was like, because I was trying to explain like the atmosphere, like say when we were growing up and what people thought about Sinn Féin and whatever and... I was got, I'm just ranting. Just but you see, rants, my mother has conspiracy theory yeah. about Sinn Féin and let's leave it on this note. Yeah. And my mother, mm. okay, puts the success for Sinn Féin in the recent elections. Mm. Do you know who she credits with this recent success? Oh. Derry Girls. <laughs> she's utterly convinced. Oh. And do you know what? I think, I think she's, she's not right. wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. It's all Derry Girls. She's not right, but it's okay. I'm gonna make it anyway. I've been too late in Right, talk to you later. God bless. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.